It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for joining me today for Let's Get Moving. Today we are talking about planting your own food and the nutritional benefits of homegrown foods. And with me today from the Utah Department of Health, Laura Holtrup-Cole and Judy Harris, both public health nutritionists. And thanks so much to both of you for being here today. Let's just begin, and maybe Judy, I'll have you begin here, and let's just talk about this trend that we're seeing. People are stuck in their homes. Um, They're excited about planting food, which I just think is awesome. We should all be doing this anyway. In my mind, I'm just such an avid gardener. But just talk for just a second, both of you, you know, about the nutritional benefits of growing your food rather than buying it from the grocery store. Probably the the biggest novelty, I think, is you, you have access to it in a timely manner. So by that, you have access to the fresh nutrition, the fresh foods, the, um, you know, the benefits of just having access in your own backyard makes it more available to have that, you know, for our bodies. I think we can get the nutritious foods in the grocery stores, the farmer's markets, we can grow them. There's lots of ways to get it, but having them at home, I think makes it uh, more fun that you can actually pick it when it's ripe. And then it's probably at its optimal nutritional value at that point. Um, But most importantly, you just, you can go in your backyard and grab it, you know, for your dinner table. Yeah, I would add that um, it often tastes better. Um, I'm continually, I don't know if you have the same thing, Maria, but I continually, when I try to grow new vegetables, um, I'm always surprised that, oh yeah, this tastes much better than what I'm buying at the grocery store. Um, and I think a lot of that is because it is fresh. And so if food's going to taste better, we're we're going to eat more of it. Right. Tomatoes, for me, are the key example. I have a really difficult time buying tomatoes at the grocery store. They, When you compare them to my homegrown tomatoes, they taste waxy. So I'm always trying to get those tomatoes in the ground as soon as I can to make sure that I can get them as soon as I can. And it's not fall before I'm getting all the tomatoes. Uh, I would like to add that tomatoes are my number one. And I always refer to them as waxy. Exactly. They taste plasticky. They don't taste because they have to ship them, you know, when they're not at their optimal, you know, time. You know, they're still unripened. Um, and I wanted to mention, too, that there's a lot of good research that talks about kids when the kids are involved in producing their own gardens, that they're much more likely to enjoy it and eat it and, and ask for it. So that's a huge benefit for your family. You guys have been collaborating. I know you've put together a list of nutritional items that you can plant yourself that are easy to plant. What would you say, what's the top on your list? I mean, I mentioned tomatoes, but what is the top on your list as far as planting? Would it be kale? Judy, go ahead and start. What would be your favorite? Oh, wow. Well, tomatoes definitely are my favorite. I probably got about six or seven different varieties from the little tiny, you know, pear or cherry tomatoes to the big beefsteak. So I have a whole variety of tomatoes, but I'd like to, to suggest for people that are growing um, gardens to do the, you know, or just starting out to make sure they're, you're using the ones that are like the ones that you like for number one yourself, but also ones that are really hardy and durable and are resistant to screw ups, right? You know, they're, they're no brainers. The zucchinis, the yellow squashes, most of the squashes, uh, tomatoes, those are all, you know, cucumbers. Those are all easy ones to do. You don't have to worry about the pests so much. They're hardy. 
you know, they'll, they'll be forgiving, um, you know, with the water and sun conditions for the most part. So I like to say that, but you know, it's something that you really enjoy and try to st stick with the hardy ones. You can't really be a good homegrown tomato. Um, I also always, always grow kale, um, because I find that, um, it's one of the easier to grow and it's very, very nutritious. Um, so if you are, if you eat it, um, you should, I definitely recommend growing it. Um, there's all sorts of different kinds, um, and it's so much sweeter when you um, grow it yourself, um, and you can eat it fresh and when it's still small. Um, and in a, later in the summer, it, it might get some aphids, um, but you can always wash those off. I think as kale appetizing as that sounds. Yeah, I think <laughs> kale's an important one to talk about because of the nutritional benefits, but also because it's one a lot of people avoid because it can be a little bit more bitter when you buy it in the grocery store. It can be a little mm -hmm. bit tough, but you're saying when you grow it, it's a different story. Yes, I do. Um, especially if you make sure that you keep up on harvesting it when it's small. So if the leaves are just a few inches um, tall. Um, that's when it's going to be its sweetest. Right. Um, and unlike, um, I don't, unlike spinach, um, I have poor luck with spinach and it ten, generally tends to um, grow slowly and it'll bolt quickly, which means it flowers and then it doesn't taste as good. Um, but kale doesn't bolt. Kale will last through the summer. It doesn't mind the heat. So what is your favorite variety of kale? Oh, funny you ask. Um, right now I'm growing red Russian kale. Um, though I, I'd say that's probably my favorite it has really pretty frilly edges. Um, but I also really like the dinosaur kale, which, you know, it's called dinosaur kale because it looks like dinosaur skin. I wanted to talk about the health benefits of the two things that we are to have talked about. So the first one being tomatoes. Gotcha. Why grow tomatoes? Well, like any vegetable, um, tomatoes are always good to have in your diet and almost all of us don't get enough vegetables. So, um, before you start really judging one over the other, I think it's important just to get more vegetables that you're going to eat. Um, but to pick tomatoes specifically are high in lycopene, which can help prevent some certain types of cancer. Um, and a, a fun fact about lycopene is it's more available to us in our bodies um, after the tomatoes have been cooked. So it's, it's a good thing to cook your tomatoes, but fresh tomatoes are also really, really healthy. Okay. Any fun facts about kale? Oh, so many fun facts about kale. Because <laughs> it's your favorite. <laughs> um, kale has um, several days worth of iron and folate, um, and it even has a little bit of calcium. Wow. So iron and folate are really important for women's health um, because women tend to have low iron levels. And um, folate's important for uh, women who may get pregnant um, because it's important for the development of the baby. Oh, let me just also mention, I, I love that um, Laura mentioned that the folate, and that's where you need to have it, you know, really prenatally before you get pregnant. It's early, really early on your pregnancy to have that in your diet. So that's a good one. And I love the idea that we're doing more of these leafy uh, products in our garden that we can do in higher volumes. So we do kale salads, we do smoothies with kale and those tender leaves just are so, you know, palatable and, and enjoyable in the, from the garden when, you know, and, and you can put wilted dressings over them and then you can eat a lot more of them so we can get more of those nutrients in our bodies. We mentioned zucchini at the very beginning. Let's talk about zucchini. Zucchini definitely is one of the easier vegetables to grow. Uh, yes, and I really like what Laura said, said about, um, getting lots of fruits and vegetables on your plate. I, you know, sometimes people don't love my plate, but I think my plate is just a really good visual 
to look at your plate and say half of your plate should really be fruits and vegetables. And right now for, for seasonal time and, you know, when you have the gardens out, I love to have my lunches and, and dinners, just half the plate or sometimes three quarters of the plate. And then I maybe add some rice and beans or something and, and, you know, very small protein, animal protein, if I use any at all, or fish protein, but, you know, really keeping the concept and our eye on the prize is, you know, the, the produce, the vegetables. And, you know, zucchini is one of the great ones that, that, you know, grow easily, harvest them before they get too big because then they'll get seedy and they'll get a little bit, you know, quirky. You don't want the big, big ones. You know, people always are sharing their extra zucchinis, but they're, you know, two feet long, you know, so harvest them early. And then I just love slicing them up and putting some little bit of salt and pepper. You know, I love to use my, my ground pepper. So it just has a nice fresh taste and you can experiment with different types of, of salt, but not too much. And if you want to add extra herbs um, or for seasoning, that's fine. And just grilling them. Um, I just think that's like one of the greatest tastes is, is your, your bounty of your, your zucchini and your squashes and your eggplant. Oh, my goodness. I love eggplant grilled. Okay. I've never planted eggplant. Oh, I have two of them. I have a, I usually do a, a Japanese version, uh, one or two Japanese versions. And then I tried something else, a millionaire. I don't know how that's going to go, but that's what the nursery had. So they don't produce as much. That's why I always do two. So I've got some, you know, coming. Judy, so Judy's description of zucchini and eggplants got my mouth watering. Um, but one of my um, favorite things in the summer to do with zucchini is um, spiralize it. Um, so it's like into those little noodles. And then instead of cooking it in pasta, pasta sauce, which, you know, is, in my opinion, doesn't work very well. <laughs> I like to keep it raw and then drizzle it with a little garlic olive oil or flavored olive oil and throw some almond slivers on it. And that just like that is a really great side dish. Right. So not cooked, just spiralized, a little bit of olive oil and salt and pepper. And hmm. Okay, now, we're, now our mouths are all watering. I, I know. I get stuck oh, I on get... zucchini. What are some other squashes that people could plant that would really benefit them? Can I mention the spaghetti oh, sure. squash on the same note yeah, with the yeah. spiralized? Because I don't like putting it in the, the sauce either, Laura. I agree with you. I like to just maybe blanch it really. If I, It depends on how thin or thick the spiralized uh, squash is. Because if it's thicker, then it, it might be a little bit too heavy. But um, if I just blanch it very quickly and then I pour like a, a tomato spaghetti squash over it, it's usually, mm -hmm. you know, I usually don't put meat in it. Um, but, um, just more of a tomato based spaghetti sauce with lots of flavoring and put that over it. And that's a great way to reduce calories and bump up your nutritional value of your meal by just having the, the, the produce in there versus the pasta. And if you want to do a little bit of pasta, that's another, you know, baby step towards, you know, maybe that extreme, but maybe just a, a half a cup of pasta on your plate and then have the rest of it beaming and overflowing with, with the spiralized uh, um, squashes. And the same thing with the spaghetti squash. Those are so much fun for the kids too. You just, you know, you just rake it with a fork after it's cooked. You know, you cut it in half and you just, you know, pull all that spaghetti out. And it's so much fun for kids. And that also is your bed for your spaghetti sauce. Uh, zucchini um, is great. Also, just plain and simple sauteed or stir fried. Um, and um, it's also really good in soups, like a light summer soup. Um, and then at the beginning of the pandemic, 
I took out some frozen zucchini that I had grated and frozen, and um, I put it in pancakes. Um, and I also made, of course, some zucchini bread. Right. You have to. That's I, at the end of the season. I have to grate a lot to make sure that I can have uh, zucchini bread in the in the winter as well as just in the fall, because otherwise right. you just get overwhelmed with the same foods. Right. So it's nice to be able to preserve them and save them so you have them in the middle of winter. Definitely. And then you asked about other squashes, and I think we forget about other squashes, especially like the winter squashes that um, that do store so much better than the summer squashes like zucchini and, and yellow squash. Um, and they tend to be um, a little more colorful. So some of them are orange, um, like acorn squash, yellowish orange. Um, um, and so that's a whole nother uh, group of vitamins that we're going to be getting. Um, so it's important to have variety in, in our garden um, and try different different things. Right. I wish my garden was larger. I I have noticed now, though, that people are really mixing in their vegetables in their flower beds, which I think is an interesting concept. Definitely. And I'm seeing more and more plants in front yards, which is fun. Yeah, kind of mixing in the uh, big zucchini vines in with the flower bed. They're actually quite pretty. I mean, if you do it right, they look nice instead of just like taking over everything. Really, it's any place or space that you have in your yard or business that you could do a a community garden as well or go to your community garden. Don't forget those. Those are great places or you can even start them. Um, You know, so your business, you know, has some extra space. uh, That might be something that you want to look at, you know, amending the soil a little bit, preparing it and having it accessible at your workplace. We're not at a workplace now, so I think... Um, I think what, you you know, was mentioned, you know, Laura, too, that, you know, any place that you can find a spot, whether it's alongside of your house that was a a previous flower bed or just a planter area, or maybe your shrubs have died, you know, you could convert that over. And I also wanted to mention, I love doing the vertical gardening. Uh, I bought um, what I I find to be the most successful for myself versus some of the cages. I know those large tomato cages that are very sturdy, but they are a little bit pricey. Um, are probably the better way for some of these tomatoes. But I have gone to the cattle panels and you can buy them in, you know, they're like 16 foot lanes. So they're pretty long, but if you buy them at a feed store, they'll cut them for you to your size. You can also do an arch where you basically just stake each end and you just arch it over. And all you're really needing is one solid stake, like a six foot stake at both ends and then you arch it over. And any of those squashes that have those little tendrils, they'll just do their own climbing. If they're larger, like a spaghetti squash, you might have to support them by using a, a bag of some sort, like a produce bag or something, because the weight will be too heavy and they'll snap off before they're ripe and ready. But most of the other, the cucumbers and the, of course, the pole beans that are going to continue to proliferate through the season, those are some of the things that will just go beautifully, you know, vertically up. It saves you space. It gets it off the ground so it doesn't have access to uh, diseases or moisture or bugs. It looks decorative. It's it's spacing, if I didn't say that. Um, I don't know. There's just such great benefits. It's easy to, to, to pick because it's, you know, up versus down underneath all the leaves and you don't find them until they're rotten. <laughs> so I love vertical gardening in that aspect. Maybe I could get some final comments from each of you, F- advice to people when they're planting a vegetable garden or really thinking about gardening this summer? I just changed my garden this year. So I put in a raised bed. So what I really um, decided to do after having many different types of 
vegetable beds, I agree. You, you really want to start small and see what is doable, what you can manage. So I did a raised bed with uh, six foot planks and use the, the little cinder block kind of things that you get for the, the corner pieces. They have the, the cross pieces where the, the boards just slide in. So it's much easier than trying to build it yourself. So you just stack those too high. So you have a one foot bed. And then um, you know, I think it's really important to prepare the soil. So it's an easy mixture of, you know, you can look it up what the recipe is, but you're, you're basically putting in the vermiculite or the perlite type um, uh, soil, then you use peat moss and then you use manure and I'm missing the other, the other one. But it's a simple recipe, but you wanna really make sure that you've got the, the composition nicely prepared. I think that's a lot of it. And there is a, a cost when you first set it up. So be prepared on that. Laura and I were talking earlier this morning and you know it might be a little bit later to, to start some of your items, but if you can get them in the, in the uh, nursery that are they're already established or larger, or even if you go in the grocery store, is it basil, it's cheaper to buy basil in the plant, it's a couple few bucks versus if you buy just the, the cut leaves of basil that you're getting, you know, hanging on the on the produce shelf. So buy the plant and then, you know, stick it in the ground and um, it should, you know, do pretty well where you can actually have it grow fairly nicely, you know, for the rest of the summer and into the, you know, late in the summer. And I would add, um, I think of rookie mistakes that are easy to make. Um, I would say one is not reading the directions on the seed packets and um, planting things either too deep or too close together. Um, you don't need a whole lot of seeds and you don't have to use the whole seed packet. <laughs> um, and then secondly is really think about how you're going to water your garden um, and read up on how much water it needs and how frequently. A lot of plants do better with you know, only being watered a few times a week, but more deeply. Um, rather than every day. One thing that I have done better in the pandemic that I haven't done before, we are having, I have adult children. So I've asked them to join us for Sunday dinner at four. And I'm trying to get out of the rut. Like we cook the same foods over and over again. Oftentimes I'm in a hurry. So I don't go out to the garden and pick all of these uh, fresh herbs that I have in my own yard, right? And I've really tried to stop and do different things and go out into my yard and actually pick all of these wonderful things that I grow instead of going, oh, I don't have time to go clip those right now. I'm trying to take the time to change the experience mm -hmm. a bit. Yeah, Maria, that, you make a good point. Our backyard gardens are really accessible, but even that sometimes seems like, oh, it's too much. <laughs> um, but they're a really great opportunity to help um, inspire us. You notice, oh my goodness, I have so much mint, or maybe you have all, you know, whatever you have a lot of, it's a good time to try a new recipe. I think my job this week is going to be uh, trying to find recipes with lemon mint and chocolate mint just for fun, just to see what I can find. I love the fact that you can go online now and find recipes for everything. I have saved recipes for years, and I, I wanted to find a recipe that I had made, and I had to just go through all of these recipes that I've saved. And I know it's silly now because I can find most of them online other than, you know, your old time, your parents' favorites or that you probably couldn't mm -hmm. find online. But I think it's wonderful that it's easy for me to try new things. I just have to Google, hey, a recipe with lemon mint, right? Yeah, I try to go to, I, I love um, America's Test Kitchen because it is proven. It tells you 
exactly how to do something. So it's, it's kind of idiot proof. You can go to something quick and it's proven and they've done all the science behind it to kind of, you know, how's, what's the best way to boil an egg? I mean, it sounds silly, but you know, and you get into that pattern. So if you're learning, if you're a new, a, a new person in the kitchen or a young person, you know, that's a great way to, to go buy some of the, the, um, get some of the basics under you. Um, if get some of the fundamental things going so that, you know, some of the basics on, um, roasting or broiling or baking, um, you know, just some basic fundamentals on, and then you can transfer that or learn about flavor profiles. So, um, I also like to, to think about foods and do you like Mexican? Do you like the cumin? Do you like, um, the jalapeno or do you need to go to a not a pino? What is that one? Not a pino. It's not as hot as a jalapeno, but it still has that pepper flavor. But, you know, there's different things that you can, you can look at for, if you're Italian, you're Greek, you love the olive oil. So get a really good olive oil and then use those foods that or and herbs and spices that appeal to you and grow off of that. So try to find what's, I think, you know, interesting to you. If, if the motivation is you've got the mint in the backyard, what a fun way. And, you know, maybe encourage your adult children to go help harvest it. Um, you know, have a really beautiful basket maybe, and that's by your back door. And that will entice you to take the dog out or take the cat out or take the child out and walk out in your back and harvest stuff. If you've got just a bunch of leafy stuff, um, I wanted to mention beets. Um, beets are kind of a twofer that I call because when the beet is actually growing, you've got the beet greens. Which are that wonderful. Yeah, and you can cut those up, and I love doing the wilted salad with that. Um, if you don't like the red stems, you can take them off. But, I mean, I, I actually just put the red stems when I cut them, and I just stick them in a little stack. I know it's kind of weird. And then I dip them in my hummus. <laughs> and um, and that's how I like to eat those those leftovers that you wouldn't necessarily eat. And I actually will eat them as I'm preparing. I'll just kind of keep it on the side, and I'll be getting my lettuce together and so I don't have the food. It's waste your replacement for chips. That's it, Judy. That's your replacement yeah. for oh. chips, right? <laughs> Maria, that's great. I don't do chips. I, you know, you know how I eat, but, but I, anything that you would do chips with, use a coin, a vegetable coin, the, the green squash, you can get the golden, the, 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 excuse me, the zucchini squash, which is a green squash. They have the, the golden zucchini, which are those beautiful golden zucchinis and they're easy to grow too. And then you've got cucumbers and anything that you can coin up is your is your chip. And what a great way to get nutrients in your body. You feel good. You don't feel sluggish because you just had a bunch of sodium and fat. <laughs> and you can eat unlimited amount. And if you're dipping it into something healthy like hummus, oh, my gosh, chow down. No guilt. <laughs> I love it. Any final thoughts? Uh, Laura, do you have any final thoughts before I let the two of you go? I just um, hope that people are really taking this time and enjoying um, exploring food and eating fresh um, out of their gardens or, or out of their local farmer's garden. Um, there's the, the farmer's markets are opening up um, with um, precautionary measures and so I encourage people to go check those out, too. You know, enjoy food. Enjoy food for the value and the taste and the experience and the social aspect of it. We're going to be getting together more with, uh, hopefully, with um, restrictions being less and less. And I think food is a great way to celebrate our friendships and our families and to just really enjoy healthy eating. And you'll feel better for it. And it will taste amazing. And the more you, you get into these little changes of adding foods in, 
um, you know, and be, be a, a, a catalyst for other people to enjoy that, too. So enjoy. Yeah. And let's not forget it makes us healthier and helps us fight off this pandemic, right? Absolutely. Being healthier body yep. helps us all the way through life. Yep. Going back to the basics um, is really what's going to keep us the healthiest. All right. Thanks so much to both of you. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, Maria. It was fun.